0: Welcome back to Mind Science, episode 32. So in light of my few recent episodes about the topics of surrender and non-attachment and non-doership, I've been receiving a lot of questions in the comment section from people basically asking whether or not these teachings contradict law of attraction teachings. And I think that this is a really great question and so I wanted to take a video to address this topic. Now, the practice of surrender or non-doership essentially says, hey, give up this idea that you're a separate individual person who's in control of your life and give it up to God. Things are going to go a lot better for you that way. Yet, law of attraction teachings, on the other hand, very much teach that you are a person in control of your life and that actually whatever happens to you is the product of your own manifestation. So, Are these two teachings in direct contradiction with one another? Do we have to sort of swear allegiance to one of these teachings over the other? Or can these two philosophies somehow be reconciled? These are the questions that we're gonna answer in today's video. So the first point that I wanna make is that all spiritual teachings are either addressed to one of two subjects. We could say either you as the lower self or you as the higher self, you as the person, or you as pure awareness. Non-duality, for example, ignores the person's existence altogether and speaks directly to you as pure awareness. Law of Attraction teachings, on the other hand, speak to you purely as a person who's in control of their personal world. And this is because everyone's at a different point in their spiritual journey and are therefore going to benefit differently from different spiritual teachings. There is no one-size-fits-all spiritual teaching. So, seekers who still have a very strong identification with the ego or being a person are going to find any teachings that speak to them as pure awareness to not sound very appealing. I had a friend in college who was studying to be a physicist, and he told me something really interesting once, which was that his entire first year in college studying quantum mechanics was followed up by the beginning of his second year where his instructor told them, Everything we taught you last year about quantum mechanics is actually not true. But we had to teach you the old model to show you the way we began learning about quantum mechanics to get you to understand what we now know to be true about quantum mechanics. So. Keep in mind, everything you learned is not true, but can help you understand what is true. And this is sort of the solution to this paradox of surrender versus law of attraction. To somebody who's brand new to spirituality and full of the angst of unmet desires, telling them to just rest in pure being, in silence and emptiness, is not going to sound very attractive because they deeply believe that they can be fulfilled by achieving desires. So for them, hearing that you are in control of creating your reality and you can manifest anything you want is a very relevant way to sort of get them in the door. And after a while of using law of attraction, they begin to realize that it's not actually true to say that I am a separate person creating a personal reality. But you can't just tell someone that's the case when they don't internally believe it yet. Life has to prove that to them. And so, a law of attraction teaching is very relevant and equally valid for them. Now, on the other hand, non-duality teachings from Eastern religions like Taoism, Zen Buddhism, and Hinduism teach that there is no separate person who acts independently from life or has control over a personal world of their own, and that any notion of this will actually just lead to more suffering. But... This, again, must be proven to someone through their own direct personal experience, and that's what the Law of Attraction does best. All non-dual teachings encourage the seeker to give up the idea that they are a separate person at all, and to just accept the fact that they are already everything they've been seeking. So, how can we hold these two ideas together? Let's take a closer look. When we say the word I, we are either referring to a personal I or the universal I. Karma is the product of everything you have ever done to make your I personal rather than universal. Personal desires, personal grudges, resentments, identities, and so on. As we discussed in our previous episode, these are called vasanas, mental tendencies that arise from unfulfilled desires. For example, if someone is addicted to alcohol, and they find themselves walking to the liquor store every day, is there a person choosing to walk to the liquor store, or is the person simply acting out a vasana? As long as alcoholism is present in the system, that person is enslaved to drinking alcohol. The person may feel like they're doing it of their own free will, simply because they are unaware that they are possessed by a force that is actually driving them, that's creating all of their suffering. There is a deeply held belief that the personal I has, that alcohol brings the person some kind of fulfillment, or relief from suffering. As long as that belief is present, the karma of alcoholism will continue to play itself out. But karma can also be the belief that a relationship can make you happier, or being rich, or famous, or any kind of personal desire. The person believes it has chosen these desires, but in reality, the person is enslaved by them. The only way to break these karmic attachments is to either fulfill them or to get rid of the person who has them altogether. Law of Attraction helps us to fulfill karmic attachments, while surrender gets rid of the person who has the attachment. So with this understanding of karma in mind, we can get a better idea of the underlying purpose of Law of Attraction teachings. William Blake once said, A fool who persists in his folly shall become wise. And so Law of Attraction teachings essentially help to speed up the folly to arrive at the wisdom a little bit sooner. What is the folly? Simply the belief that attaining any desire can lead me to happiness. A person cannot manifest their way to happiness. Period. End of story. But although someone might hear this in a YouTube video such as this one, deep down, they won't truly believe it yet because there's still a lot of karma in the system that needs to be worked out. For a person in that position, using the law of attraction to give the ego all of its personal desires is actually the quickest way to burn up those karmic attachments, to prove to the ego that nothing it gains will actually bring it lasting fulfillment. Once the person is adequately convinced of this, then and only then does the attention begin to turn inwards. This is a natural process of spiritual evolution, and it must unfold for each and every person individually in its own timing. You can't give somebody a teaching before they're ready to hear it, because they're simply going to reject it. So, we can see then that the law of attraction basically works as the proverbial carrot dangled in front of the donkey to get it to walk forward. By telling the person and empowering them with the tools to fulfill all their desires, it actually speeds up the time required for them to come to this conclusion on their own. The whole purpose of the universe is self-realization, and the ego is simply the tool that the universe uses to accomplish this mission. So the Law of Attraction basically empowers the ego with all the tools it needs to attract and manifest all of its desires. But in actuality, when we teach people how to manifest their reality through the Law of Attraction, we're not actually teaching them anything new. We're only helping them to become aware of something that they've always been doing. They've simply been unaware of it. So if that is true, then it begs the question... If the person has already and always been creating their reality, whether they knew it or not, is it really fair to say that the person is truly responsible for creating their reality? Or are there many other ingredients in the recipe and the person is simply one of those ingredients? This is a great question because it really gets at the heart of this debate. All Law of Attraction teachings are a concession to the mistaken belief that you are a separate person who's living in your own separate personal world. Law of Attraction teachings are directed to the dream character, not to the dreamer. As long as you believe that you are the dream character, then Law of Attraction teachings will sound very appealing to you. But once you become lucid in the dream and realize yourself to be the dreamer, then the message of surrender and non-doership will sound more appealing to you. Once a person has spent enough time using Law of Attraction, the idea of chasing more personal desires will just become nauseating because they've done it already before and it hasn't worked for them yet. And most importantly, they're beginning to realize that even the idea of chasing personal desires stems from the belief that I am incomplete and I need to be fulfilled, and that's actually the whole problem. Any notion of being a dream character that creates its own dream will just begin to sound silly, because you recognize that even the dream character was also a product of the dream. The two were always one. And so, both stages of the awakening journey are equally valid. There's nothing wrong with manifesting your desires. It just simply doesn't solve the problem. Your ego will always command you to get back on the hamster wheel and chase a new desire. There's only so many times you can run around in the same circle before you start to get dizzy. And just like water that makes you thirsty, every desire you achieve is quickly replaced with a new desire. And this process will never end because the ego needs to constantly reinforce itself. So, as long as you don't know that you're being enslaved, then Law of Attraction teachings will sound really fun and exciting and empowering. But after you've been on the merry-go-round of manifesting your desires long enough, you begin to recognize it as slavery rather than empowerment. And that's when the desire to escape is born and when the seeker becomes open to the practice of surrender. Being a person is an exhausting endeavor, because the person always needs something. It is always unsatisfied and always on a wild goose chase to complete itself. While the mind is still full of vasanas, the message of non-doership or surrender will sound irritating or even depressing. But achieving all your personal desires only to be left empty time and time again is the worst depression of all. And this is the true purpose of the Law of Attraction. The universe is bringing you all the desires and experiences you need to realize that you cannot be fulfilled by anything outside of yourself. But why can't the person fulfill itself through desires? Because there is no person. When you dream at night, everything the dream character does is in reaction to what happens in the dream, because the dream and the character are one. There is no dream character apart from the dream, and likewise, You and the universe are one. And when we believe we are separate from the universe and we try to control it into doing what we think we want, we turn our dream into a nightmare. So giving up the belief in being a separate person who creates their own personal reality is not giving up your power, but quite the opposite. It frees you to create reality as the universe itself. To believe that I, as a person, am in control of my life is like a man standing on a train holding his luggage. The man believes that he needs to support the weight of his suitcase, so he puts himself through unnecessary effort on behalf of this belief. But in reality, the whole train is already supporting his weight and his suitcase. Once he sees this, he can surrender control of it to the train. This is what we are like when we take ourselves to be the doer. To surrender to life is to give up these burdens and allow life to carry them for us, because that is actually what life has already been doing all along. So we could also say that the law of attraction gives us the symbols of our desire, but surrender gives us the essence of our desires. For example, we believe that what we really want is the relationship, or the new car, But of course, these things are just symbols of what we really desire. How do we know? Because as soon as the relationship gets toxic, we don't want it anymore. Or as soon as the car breaks down, we want to get rid of it. What we all really want is the peace and happiness that we think the symbols are going to bring us. It's always the essence that we truly want and never actually the symbol. And the law of attraction helps us to see the paradox of chasing happiness in symbols. The person who wants to create their reality to fulfill themselves is the same person who is insecure and bitter and depressed. So you cannot get out of the person as the person. You can only see its unreality. The person is doomed to a lifetime of chasing pleasure and avoiding pain, and that's all it can ever do. But true happiness is causeless, and because of that, it's really best defined in negative terms, such as, I need nothing and I have nothing to worry about. Once you understand this, you realize that spending your life trying to manifest your desires is ultimately a distraction because it simply reinforces the false belief that you need to do and have things in order to be happy, when in reality it is the exact opposite. So it's not that you can't create your reality, but that you're always already doing so effortlessly and automatically, so you really don't need to place a lot of attention on it. The whole universe is responding to your state of being and creating your personal experiences according to that. So a new girlfriend or a Lamborghini can't fix your state of consciousness. Simply get your state of being in order first and everything that reflects it will be drawn to you. Truthfully, the person does not create their own reality because the person is also a creation of reality. Reality alone creates reality. And so when you know yourself to be that, You simply move into alignment with it by surrendering to it, rather than trying to boss it around. So the bottom line is, as long as Law of Attraction teachings still sound appealing to you, then those lessons are still relevant for your spiritual growth. So go for it. Enjoy it. Realizing that nothing you manifest can make you happy doesn't have to be some depressing realization. It should actually be a very joyous and liberating one, and it actually will free you up to truly enjoy the things you manifest without attachment. And when your time comes to go beyond law of attraction teachings, you'll know very simply because you'll lose interest in them. So these two philosophies are not only not in opposition to one another, but they are actually perfect dance partners. Two different paths along the same journey leading to the same destination. The knowledge that I am already what I seek. Law of Attraction teaches me that happiness is not to be found outside of me. And Surrender teaches me that happiness is already within me. In the light of this understanding, the present moment becomes my only desire because My will and life's will are one.